Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. It's good to be here. We're gonna be taking a look at James chapter five today. And James chapter five, is the same way he gets right to the point and uh, he's kind of right in your face. But um, uh, I've titled today's message, The Life That Pleases God. The Life That Pleases God. You know, maybe you're here and, 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 you know, it's crazy the older that you get. I don't know about you. Maybe you're just not old yet like I am, but... But the old, all the old people are like, come on, you got to be kidding me, right? But the older I do, the older I get, the more I realize that, like, I've already lived more than half of my life. And so my end is closer than, than my beginning is. And so the closer that I get to my end, the more I want to just live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. You know what I mean? Because... Because we're all going to stand before the Lord at some point and we're going to give an account as to as to what we did with the incredible things that he has done for us. And so the life that pleases God, I'm just going to right out of the gate, I'm going to give you the answer so that you'll just know what the answer is. You don't have to wait until the end of the message. The answer to a life that pleases God is the generous life. I want you to know that the generous life is the life that really pleases the Lord. There's a lot of things we could put in there. The obedient life, you know, the life that loves the, you know, the life that serves. But I'm telling you today, as we're looking at God's word, the generous life is the life that pleases the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. Please bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word. God, thank you for the book of James that has the ability just to, you know what I mean, to get right to the point. There's no beating around the bush. But so, Lord, today we just posture ourselves in a way that we can receive from you, God. We, 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 we set aside every distraction, you know, the things that are going on at our house and the problems that maybe our car is having and and you know what I mean? We're frustrated with our kids, whatever. We just lay all of those things down right now. And we posture ourselves, God, just to simply to receive what it is that you would have for us to receive today. God, we, we, we receive these things by faith even before we've received them. God, do a special work this morning in and through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, Amen. All right, so the life that pleases God. There was a wealthy man that had worked hard for his entire life, and and the harder he worked, the more money he was able to accumulate and to acquire. And uh, and and next thing you know, you know, uh, you know, his life had been blessed, and it seemed like everything that he put his hand to, it just was, it was prosperous and. The next thing you know, he's not feeling well. And so he goes in and he gets his his annual checkup. And the doctor says, man, this is terrible. Um, You have a life-ending disease. This this situation that you're dealing with is not going to get any better. It's going to get worse gradually. But the end result is, is that you're dying. 
And so he runs home to his wife and and he shares the news with his with his wife and and um, and he's and he says, listen, I've been thinking a lot about this. I do have a a final request, if you will. And he tells his wife, the final request that I have is I want all of my wealth that I've accumulated, all of my money, I want it to be buried with me. And so she's like, well, what about what about me? I mean, what about what about the kids? You, you know, what about your legacy and what about the church? You know, we've got a lot of money. Are you are you sure you mean all? And he said, yes, I mean all. This is my final request and I hope you do what I ask of you. And so they go on and and uh, about six months later, you know, he passes and they're at the the celebration of life service and and the pastor did a remarkable job and there were many people that got up and shared incredible things, you know, about this man's life and and um, and and they were towards the end of the service getting ready to close the casket and for the whole service, his wife had been holding this box. She's been holding this box really close to her chest. She's holding it. People are seeing that she's holding. People are asking the question, I wonder what she's got in the box. And she's holding this box close to her chest. And, and as they were getting ready to close the casket, um, she, she, she just picks herself up very properly. And she takes this box. She doesn't remove it from her her chest and she's walking it up to the casket she leans over and she taps him on the on the chest and kisses her husband on the forehead and she places this box right inside of the casket and then she uh, they close the casket and then she returns to um, she returns to her seat and her best friend that was sitting next to her just to kind of comfort her and to console her. She says, hey, listen, I was going to ask what was the box all about and this and that. And he and, and so she leans over and she whispers. She said, well, Frank, he wanted he wanted to be buried with all of his all of his money. She said, all he said. She said, yeah, all. And so and so she's like, you didn't do it, did you? I mean, that's what he what's going to be with you. You know, how are you going to take care of you and the kids and and this and that? And she's like, well, I did, but I did it in a different way. I put every checkbook that we owned in that box. And I figured that if he can write the check and cash the check, then he can have all of the money. And so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty creative and crafty. You've probably heard that 17 times already, but I thought it was very fitting to the message today. I love this. The Bible in the book of James, once again, is extremely direct, and, and he shows us how your resources are eternally connected. Come on, what you have today, like there is an eternal value and an eternal purpose, and I just need to share with you that the Lord is watching how you steward what it is that you have been entrusted. Amen? I want you to know that, that even though you've got an incredible mind and an incredible business mind and you've worked hard for your money, dun, 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 so hard for it, honey. Dun, dun, dun. Like God has, God has given you even the drive and the desire, you know what I mean, to work hard and the mind, you know what I mean, to see opportunities maybe where everybody else may have passed those opportunities. But I want you to know it's not just 
for the here and the now. But there is an eternal value in the stuff. Somebody say the stuff. The stuff that you have been able to accumulate. Let's go ahead and take a look at James chapter 5 and verse 1. It says this. Um, It says this. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. For your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. I want you to know this morning that your stuff matters. Your money, it matters. There is a right way to manage your stuff. And there's a wrong way to manage your money, right? It matters. Like the Lord is watching you and he's paying attention as to what it is that you do with what it is that he has been able, come on, to get into your hands and your possessions. See, some of you, you already checked out and honestly, maybe it's upward to 60 to 70 or 80 percent of you checked out because you listened to The first sentence in James chapter 5, he was like, listen, pay attention, you rich people. Listen up, you rich people. And so the very moment that you heard rich people, you were like, I can go back to sleep this morning because this message is not for me. I am not rich. I am not rich. But I will tell you this, that three quarters of the world, the population around the world, three quarters of the world live under $400. Not $400 a month. Three quarters of the population of this great world that we live in live under $400 a year. And I'm just telling you this, if you're on social security, come on, if you're on disability, if you live, you know, if you're working at McDonald's, come on, you are wealthy, come on, in in, 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 in the framework of the whole world, like, like you make a great deal of money. And I'm just saying, listen, you cannot remove yourself because you are rich. And listen, James is not condemning the wealthy. He's just saying, listen, that there's a purpose and a responsibility for the things and the stuff that you acquire, right? He's not against money. Some people will say, you know, money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is truly the root of all evil. And so we have to stop allowing the world, um, you know, uh, we we cannot allow the world to define our worth, our value, and our identity any longer. And we've done that. You know, we look at people that have a lot of of stuff, and, and the more stuff that they have, the more valuable we think that they are. 
Well, because they live in this zip code or they, or they have this title in front of their name that they must be more valuable than, than the person that you know, is working for $7.25 an hour. And so we, 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 we put identity, come on, and possession together. And I'm just telling you this, that we have to stop doing that. See, the Bible is not against us accumulating money and accumulating things. The Bible is not against us saving our pennies. In fact, you should save your pennies. The Bible's not against a 401k or, or, or an IRA. The Bible is not against saving and putting away for the, the years that you're going to spend in retirement. He is not against you accumulating things, but he is against you having the wrong attitude whenever it comes to your things and your money. You know, if you ever if you ever approach other people like your opinion is more important than their opinion because because you've gone higher in the in you know in the in the ladder of life then then or, or you you know there's more zeros behind your you you know your checking account or your savings account then then you've already gone down a wrong road. And so I want to share with you real quickly attitudes of a giving life. Number one is do not be greedy with your stuff, but steward your stuff wisely. Do not be greedy with your money, but steward your money wisely. Have you ever watched the show Hoarders? Anybody ever? Like I watched one episode and I was like, I can't do it no more. I started getting anxiety. Um, You know, I started just tensing up. You know, in, in the one episode that, that I saw, there were two things that I'll never be able to remove from my mind. I don't know what the cat's name was, but we'll just call the cat Fifi. They had lost the cat. Six weeks, the cat was gone, only to find out that something had fallen on the cat. They found it six weeks later, and it was eternally sleeping. The, 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 uh, many of these hoarder shows, they have, you know, they have a... Uh, they have uh, they have multiple animals. You know, they have pet rats, of course, that are just there because of the environment. But many of them will have multiple dogs or 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 multiple cats, and and it's not like they're taking them out every once in a while and walking them and and taking care of them. And so the stench and the and the filth of of these people that really have elevated stuff. Above and beyond relationship. How many of you have seen hoarders where, where there's the biggest conflict is the conflict of the family? And, and, so, and so there are characteristics of hoarders. Like, like there's, there's anxiety and depression. And, and there's, there's fire hazards and there's health, health hazards. Health hazards. I was having a hard time getting that one out. Um, but also there is isolation because people that elevate stuff more than people, they isolate. They, they, they even get in their mind, well, they're just jealous because of all my stuff. In the same episode, the person that was in the kitchen, which you couldn't, you couldn't tell it was a kitchen compared to the living room, but to get to the bedroom, you literally had to go down a hall and climb a mountain of stuff and then go back down the other side just so you could get through get through the door. I mean, it was terrible. I felt like bathing in hand sanitizer after watching 
after watching this one episode, and I can't watch anymore, but, uh, but this is a serious problem. In fact, they have, they have said that this is a health condition. Um, hoarding can be diagnosed as a medical disorder. This is a great opportunity. I talked to you just a couple of weeks ago that if your house is out of order, like some people, maybe some people, possibly online, not here, but maybe your house is in such disarray that you can't even, like you've always desired to lead a small group and invite people to come over to your home, but you got too much stuff that's out of order. Not like a hoarder, but just too much stuff that's out of order. And so you feel like I can't invite people into my personal sanctuary, my family's, you know, my, where, where, where we live and where we share life. I can't bring people in because I'm just not, I'm just not happy with how the house presents. Well, guess what? Now is a fantastic time to get your house in order. Amen. Even if you weren't raised, you know, some may not have been raised like your mom or your dad didn't keep a clean house. It doesn't mean that you can't keep a clean house. Amen. And I just want to encourage you because having those things in order, I believe that number one, you'll be happier, but it also pleases the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, we it's not about that, so we're just gonna we're just gonna move on. But but when we live life in a stingy way, when we're closed off and we're just like mine, 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 you know what I mean? It causes uh, uh, terrible problems. But when we when we open up our life, then guess what? We we have better relationships. It, it amazes me so many people that are stingy are lonely. Have you ever noticed that? Maybe you know somebody that is just really happy with what they've been able to accumulate and acquire. And a lot of the times when you put so much importance on what you have, you isolate yourself and you and oftentimes people live lonely lives. Stuff becomes more important than people. Number two is a generous person does not handle money dishonestly. They distribute it fairly. And, and really, I want to just talk to you just real briefly about like if you are responsible for for taking care of somebody else and paying wages, if you're a boss, if you're an owner or if you're a manager, like like pay your people what it is that that they're worth, you know, show them that you appreciate them, not by just saying, hey, Frank, you're doing a great job and I really appreciate the incredible work that you do here, but maybe give them just a little bonus every now and then or give them a, you know, give them a pay raise, you know, just to say, hey, listen, I appreciate the hard work and the commitment and the, and the, and the, the loyalty that you give to this company, to this you know, to this business. Come on, I'm paying attention and I see it. Number three is this. A giving life does not spend selfishly, but shares it generously. I want you to know this, that you've got an option to, to you know, to spend your life on you very selfishly, or you can share your stuff in your life with people very generously. You know, one of the greatest things that I love to personally do is I love whenever I go out to eat um, or 
if I'm going to get a haircut or just anything really that, that, that you know, where there's a service in, involved and people are working really, really hard and they're, they're going above and beyond. I always like going to a restaurant and they don't allow your coffee cup to get dry. I love that. In fact, some restaurants that you go to, they won't allow you. It, they will treat it like it's empty if it's half full. And I just, I just love that. And so I love to shock people. There have been multiple times where I have, where I have say it's a haircut or, or whatnot, the haircut costs this much. I will give as much as what the haircut costs in a tip or sometimes even twice as much. And honestly, I love to watch the response of the person that's getting it because a lot of times they won't say anything, but they're thinking, ooh, maybe this guy made a mistake, but I ain't going to say nothing. I'm like, I'm cool with that. I'm totally fine. But sometimes people will be like, well, did you, you may have, you probably put that in there wrong. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't put it in there wrong. God bless you. And, and thanks for doing just such an incredible job. You know what I mean? And, and, and thanks for, you know, just thanks for the incredible service. You made me feel so great today. I wanted to just let you know that the Lord loves you. And, and it just opens all kinds of doors. Come on, when we live in open and a generous life. And so, so don't spend all of your money selfishly, but share it generously because I believe this wholeheartedly that God blesses the person that lives generously. I believe it. I'm just going to put this in here. Uh, if you are the type, and I've never, seen, I, I've never seen anybody in here do this, but I have seen people do this. Like if you're at a restaurant and you've been in there for an hour drinking your coffee and eating your eggs and, and things like that, and you're hanging out and you're fellowshipping, and then you leave 35 cents on the table, come on, for that person to take, or 45 cents or a dollar or whatever it is, you've been there for an hour. Let me just tell you, these people don't make a great deal of money. The reason why they work at those jobs is for the tips. And, and, and all I'm saying is, is you don't have to go crazy, but just start pushing your gift a little bit further out there. You know what I mean? I'm going to be a little bit more generous and see, come on, how much it is that those folks will appreciate what it is that you, that you do. Come on, that's a good word, deserves a good amen. amen. Not to make anybody feel bad if you're the 35 cent person, but I'm just saying this. That, uh, that God has the ability to get back to you what it is that you generously give away. I fully believe it. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15 says this, and Jesus is speaking. He says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Once again, how often do we miss uh, appropriate people or we judge people based on, oh, you live on the river? You must be really important. You know, one day I'm going to live on the river and uh, I just, I keep speaking it like it's going to, you know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm happy where I'm at, but, but who knows, maybe one day. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but I'm just sharing with you once again that there's nothing wrong with having possessions, but the problems is it occurs when your possession begins to have you. 
You know, there's a lot of people that will buy that car or that truck because now they become somebody. You know, there's a lot of people that will that will shop at a certain store because whenever they can wear those jeans or those shirts, now they are finally now they're finally somebody. And I'm just saying this, that 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 is really, you know, an identifier that your possessions you know, own you. And maybe you're identifying your own self. It's not somebody else identifying you because of what you have or what you can do, but maybe it's you putting that on your, on yourself. You know, we're going to have an opportunity. I just want your attention just, just for the rest of the service, but I want your attention just really, really just quickly here. Um, we're going to have a great opportunity to be generous today. All right. So who can tell me just real quickly what the tithe is? Tithe, T-I-T-H-E. What is the tithe? 10% of what? 10% of what you make, all right? So that belongs to the Lord. Before you write anything else to any place else, your light bill, your, your phone bill, your car payment, the first 10%, the first fruits right off the top, boom, goes to the Lord, goes to the house of the Lord, right? That's the tithe. Who can tell me what an offering is? Yeah, anything above and beyond the tithe that the Lord's just like, listen, boom, here's a great opportunity, come on, for you to be generous with your giving the tithe is an expectation. Anything above and beyond the tithe is just you saying, Lord, I believe that you have called me. Come on to sow seed into this or that. I'm going to give you a few things to sow seed in today. But listen, the first thing that you've got to do is make sure your tithe is paid. So if you haven't paid your tithe this month, then go ahead and either electronically do that or as you're leaving do we even have the buckets around here anymore? Okay, yeah, they're here. All right, as you're, I'm like looking around, where'd the buckets go? No wonder, no. Uh, so, so on the way out, put your tithe in there, but then also in addition to that, you can give in the offering, at, you know, whatever it is that the Lord's putting on your heart. But there's, I believe, five things that we need to give to today. And I'm asking you, to give as a congregation, are you ready? Sit down. You're all sat down. Okay, good. I'm going to sit down. I'm believing for nine grand today that we can just give away $9,000. Let me tell you where this $9,000 is coming from or go, where it's going to. Every penny of the offering is going to be given away. First of all, we need about $4,500, $4,000 to $4,500 that we are going to finish a church building that Grace Church is building in the Dominican Republic. It's the first floor. Fourth, we're, we're only $4,000 to $4,500 away from that thing being completed and, and, and completely paid for, all right? The second thing that I'm going to ask you to give to, and maybe, maybe you just pick one of these, and we'll just get the monies where they're supposed to go. But the second thing is, in the Dominican Republic, anybody that's been to the DR with us, they know a young man by the name of Haslam. And Haslam is, is a Haitian. And Haslam lost his family in the earthquake in Haiti and was a refugee to the Dominican Republic, which they share the same island. But he was, he was brought across the border 
Come on, so that, be, so that he could be cared for because he lost his family. This kid has an incredible heart for the Lord as a, as a servant. And so our church already, um, because he couldn't work in the Dominican Republic because he didn't have the proper paperwork, we sent him, paid for everything, sent him back to Haiti, housed him in Haiti, allowed him to go through the process with the government, paying all the fees and all the things so that he could legally, with his papers in hand, go back to the Dominican Republic and work and make a, a, a great wage. Well, guess what? Right after we did this, right after he had it all cleaned up and cleared up and everything was in order, COVID hit. And so what happened was, if you, like, listen, you have not seen racism in the United States like you see it in a lot of different places around the world. I'm telling you, as, it's just different. It's just different, but in, in, not in the church's eyes, but in many people's eyes between the DR, the Dominican Republic, and Haiti. Haiti is like way down here and Dominicans are way, way up here. And so I was going to buy Haslam the last time that we were there. I was like, listen, I really feel like the Lord's calling me to buy you a motorcycle so that you can be one of these traffic guys. You can be like a taxi with a, we'll get you a sweet motorcycle. And he's like, no, pastor, no, don't get me. A I was like, what is wrong with you? We're going to buy you a sweet motorcycle. You can, you can haul people, you know, everywhere. And he's like, no, listen, they will kill me and they will take my motorcycle. And so he is in, he's in a bad way. So he reaches out to me and he says, hey, listen, pastor, I'm in a, I'm in a bad way. He says, the, the people that I was working for, you know, they just, he, and he wouldn't just say it, but they kind of took advantage of him. He hasn't made money. He's got to take care of his family, this and that. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I said, listen, you, you, what business can you do? Go pray about what business you can do and how much it's going to cost. So for 1500 bucks, I can send him $1,500. He can start a business over there and start working for himself. So that's 1500 bucks of the nine grand that we're looking to get today in your pocket and my pocket, our pocket together. So another one is my good friend, Naomi Moses, which pastors a church in, in Uganda. Um, he has he has just bought some property and they put a well in and and he's building a church and I really just felt like the Lord was saying, listen, send fifteen hundred dollars over to Uganda to help out. Come on, the 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 ministry and the mission that that Naomi is is a part of, you know, over there. I've got another friend, Ariel, Pastor Ariel Aborigina in the Philippines. He oversees him and his and his uh, and his father. His father started the ministry. They oversee probably over a hundred churches in the Philippines. And the Lord just put on my heart, send $1,500 over there. So you do all the, you know, the adding up and, and it takes us to about that $8,500, $9,000. And I'm just like, you know what? God's going to do it and we're going to send it and God's going to be glorified because we are living an open and a generous life. Now, listen, maybe you can throw $50, come on, in the offering towards this. But maybe somebody else can throw $5,000 towards the offering, towards this. Whatever dollars we make in the offering is going 
Come on to these areas and we're going to see God do incredible things because that's what God does. God, when, when people are obedient, come on, God blesses and he uses. And guess what? Every single dime that we sow into these mission fields overseas, come on, we get the opportunity to play part in what it is that those dollars are able to accomplish. And I can just tell you this. We are not, we, we are not, um, like we know that the areas that we are involved in, like they are really, really making a difference. They are doing an incredible job. And so if you feel led to give and you're obedient in giving, I want you to know that the dollars that you give will not be wasted. I promise you, they will not be, they will be stewarded well. And so... These are the things, and I was thinking just, you know, today, before I gave my heart to Jesus, I want you to take your place back, your, your life back, take your memories back to that point, how you were before Jesus was your Lord and your personal Savior. Like, for me, I was very stingy, I was very hard-hearted, um, I was very selfish, like, selfishness would be the word that I absolutely lived by. If it was good for me, it should be good for everybody because I was the only person that I cared about. And that's a terrible, terrible, terrible way to, to live your life. But what's crazy is, is when I was a kid, man, I was super compassionate. And even if I didn't have it, I would figure out how to get it to help somebody else in need of it, whatever it was, right? And, um, and so what happened is, is in and through life and, and the sins that I committed and, and just the hardships of life, my life became very hard. My heart became hardened. And the Bible talks a lot about the hard heart, doesn't it? The hard heart. But whenever I gave my heart to Jesus, I was in that jail cell and I said, Lord, you can have it. Come on, something shifted and changed in my life. And, and while people saw that I quit drinking and I quit smoking and I quit cussing and I quit running around, while they could see those things, the greater miracle that was done in my life was compassion and a love for people and a care for people once again. Like that was the biggest thing that happened. Nobody could see the extent of that. I guess they could in the way that I lived. But I just look back and, and, and Tina was never raised in the church and we immediately started going to church. And, and from day one, man, we started trusting God with our tithe, not having to be taught about it, but just me personally reading about trusting in God and, and seeking first God and, and, and reading about the first fruits. I mean, we honestly, we just kind of fell in that place of like, you know, we're, we're either going to do this or we're not. And there were many times where God would tell us to be obedient with our finances when we didn't really have it. But we have incredible stories that really had come out of that. And I know that my life is no different than yours because I've heard so many of your stories as well. But I'm just telling you this, that when Jesus saved me, my life opened up again. It was all like this. It was all bound. But then it just it just kind of opened up again. It blossomed and and that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I see it often. I see it often in this church. I want to tell you a story. And, and these, these folks, they wanted to be kept anonymous because they, they wanted you know, their, the, 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 the blessing to come from the Lord and not from people. But Tina and I, we got a call about two months ago, maybe three months ago. 
And uh, there was this couple, and, and I'm just telling you, while this couple lives, they, you know, they're blessed people, they, they, they would never be confused for, for, for people that just have an overabundance of money. That's not who we're talking about. We're not talking about somebody that's giving something out of their, their overflow. This is, I'm talking to you, I'm sharing with you a story of two people that are giving when they were saving for something that they desperately need, they desperately desire. Come on, they, 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 the word of the Lord came to them and it came to them through, through the prayer of a grandmother. Come on, how many of you appreciate the prayer of a grandmother, right? I'm telling you, I believe that I am saved today because of the prayers of my grandmother. She was, uh, she was not an out front person. She was a behind the scene person. But this woman knew how to get the ear of the Lord. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you, my name went up often. Travis, Travis, Travis. Lord, you know Travis, Travis. <laughs> I guarantee it, Grandma. That was a joke if you're listening. So, so... Anyway, I get this phone call and, and grandma is praying and gives a word to, um, you know, to this couple. And the word is this, that you need to give what you have so God can bless you with more. And they had been, they had been saving for um, a home, been saving a long time for a home. You need to give what you have so God can bless you with more. And immediately they both said to Tina and I that we knew what the Lord was talking about in the moment he was talking about it. The Lord was saying, give it all. And after they fought with the Lord calling him, get behind me, Satan. No, they didn't say that. <laughs> they, that's funny. Um, they didn't really. Are. But after they, 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 when they heard it, they both knew it. And in times past, the, the young man said, in times past, you know, we, I, I would have argued with God. I would try to negotiate with God and this and that. But we knew what we were supposed to do. And they said, Pastor Travis, we, we have an envelope that we are supposed to give to you. And you just, you just, you do with it whatever it is that the Lord puts on your heart um, to do with it. And so, so they give us the envelope. We get back to the back to the church and getting ready to put it in the safe. We open up the envelope and 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 we start counting it, and it is nine thousand bucks. Now, nine thousand bucks is is huge for anybody to give. But if you knew this situation, you would be like, man, God was absolutely a hundred percent in this situation and and out of this which was the most beautiful thing so out of the obedience of this couple we were able and it was amazing like we didn't we we were like you know this was the conversation with tina and i who are we supposed to give it to who who needs this who like who are we supposed and and i would we had this conversation about every time and i'd be like listen don't worry about it. The Lord, if, he, if God called them to give it, the Lord is going to bring the need, come on, for us to know, and then we will be able to sow into the situation. And that happened every single time. It was just like clockwork. It's like something comes up. Tina would be like, I'd be like, 
And, and we would be able to go and say, listen, this is because of the obedience of somebody in our church that gave money because they, the, the Lord knew that you were going to need what it is that they gave or a portion of whatever it is that they gave. And I'm just telling you, every single person that we were able to sow seed into because of the generosity and the obedience. See, listen, you can be generous but not take action. Like you can be generous in your heart but be like, you know what, I'm, let's give them 2000 instead of the whole bit. Are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? That's still generous. But I'm just telling you, every single situation that we were able to extend to because of their faithfulness, it was it was just it was it was on point and it was used and needed in big, big ways. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. That's so good. Yeah. James chapter five and verse seven says this. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm. I would put in there, and I'm not going to put in there, but I, I, like when I read this, I'm like the Lord is saying, would you just trust me like the farmer has to trust me? And, and you, you know what I'm saying? Would you just trust me the days that we're in are going to need some faith and for you to trust what it is that I'm doing. And so it says, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Do not grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. For those of you that do not know, Job was wealthy. He was super righteous. Come on, he was the most righteous in the Lord's eyes. He was blessed. He had, he had big family. Every single thing was taken from Job. His children were killed. Come on, all of his possessions were, were stolen. His body was afflicted. But God restored even more to his life. And so that's what it's saying. As you know, uh, or, or you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear not by heaven or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. So in light of God's coming, have the right attitude, but also the right action. Once again, you can have the right attitude. Oh, yeah, man, I'm a generous person. I'm a generous person. But you're really not stepping out in faith and taking action to show your generosity, you're just, we just allow ourselves to feel like I'm a generous person, I'm a generous person. Or you can, you can, you can take action, but yet be, be sad about the action that you had taken. I got a chance to talk to this young man that gave this, and I'm like, any regrets? 
And he's like, no, and it's crazy because usually the enemy will come in right after you do something big and, and, and you'll start, man, I really could have used this for that. Or, man, I really could have used this for, you know, for, for, for that. And, uh, and come on, you know how, how it is and how the enemy can just mess with you. And so I'm going to share with you just real quickly important actions to an open life. Number one is be patient. Turn to your neighbor and say, be patient. And the first person I'm going to tell you to be patient with is yourself. Like, you don't have to go from zero to 60 overnight. But just like I said, like if you have a hard time being generous, give a little extra to that waitress that's serving you so well. You know what I'm saying? Try, come on, to trust God with, with, with the tithe and, and with, the, with the offering and see what it is that God can do. I also want you to be patient with God's timing and purpose in your life. Be patient. Number two is persevere. To live a life that God rewards, I believe that we must persevere. I'm just telling you this, that people are often super strong in the good times, but they're not as strong in the bad times. I'm telling you, I've seen this, I've seen this a lot. I've talked to Pastor Javi about this a lot, that, that man, when everything is just going great, we're having a great time at work, you know, there's, there's some unity in my family, and, and uh, man, the weather's been fantastic and lovely, and there's not been any challenges. Like, people can typically be, like, really, really strong. But sometimes, it's, it's really interesting how, in some people's lives, how little, you know, things can change, and people will fold under the pressure. And I'm just telling you this, persevere. Do not quit. Come on, do not quit. Matter of fact, if you're struggling, press into the Lord even, even more. You know, one old preacher that I heard, you know, he, he was talking about how much you should pray. And, and, um, and, and, you know, a lot of times people think that, you know, when, when you know, anyway, the, the idea is just pray more. Just pray more. Read more. Press in more. Serve more. If you're struggling more, come on, pursue God more. Number three is this, be consistent, be consistent. Sometimes people are like, have you ever seen one of those little bottle rockets? You know, I used to love bottle rockets. You put them in the, in the Coke bottle or some of you a different kind of bottle, but you put them in the bottle and uh, I'm just, that was funny. That was funny. You put them in the bottle and you light it. And then all of a sudden it's like, and it's really, really cool. It's really amazing like that, you know, that, but then it's done. You got a little smoke and then the smoke is gone. And sometimes people are like that in their, in their walk with the Lord, man. God does something really, really cool and they're just super passionate, got great zeal. And then all of a sudden it's like, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen them in a little while. So like it was magnificent and it was incredible but it wasn't, it wasn't long-lasting. And I'm just telling you today, be consistent. Come on. And, and, and this is the deal, is you're going to have a lot of opportunities to get offended, but push through the offense and be consistent. Number four is this, show compassion. Never, ever, never, ever, ever give up on people. And once again, man, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to be hurt and offended. And you're like, man, you don't even know what I've done for you. Like, I've done more for you than you're even familiar. And then this, 
But I'm just telling you, come on, church, be a people where your heart is filled with compassion. Do not allow your heart to become hard like my heart became. Because once again, that is the most terrible place in the whole world to live is with a, with a hard heart. You know, there are times where I will feel sorry for myself. I don't know if you do this, but I'm just being transparent this morning. I'll feel sorry for myself. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be thinking, man, because how many of you know that pastors deal with a lot of problems? Most of the time when people call, it's because something's just, the wheels have fallen off of something. And so we deal with just a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, right, Hop? A lot of things, a lot of, lot of, and that's what we're here for, man. We love that. That's, that's the calling. That's the gift. Some of you guys work with little kids. That's your calling. Don't put me in that environment. It probably wouldn't be the best right now. But we work with people's, we work with people's issues and their, and their problems. But sometimes because there are so many problems that come in such a short and a condensed period of time, I'm just being honest. Sometimes I honestly think I'm like, man, is any of this even making a difference? You know what I mean? Like, is this making any difference whatsoever? Because, you know, my eyes are on the problem and I'm not seeing a lot of fruit. And honestly, there have been times where I thought, you know what? I think I'm just going to go quit and get a job, a nine to five job and just work a job and just kind of do, you know, do me and do my family and but then it's like the few times that this has happened, it's like the Lord is so good and so faithful because he will bring somebody to my to the forefront of my mind, maybe somebody that just gave their heart to Jesus and, and their life is radically changed and transformed. Pastor Javi and Davina, maybe it's somebody that you sat down with and and did some marriage counseling with, and it worked like it really worked. Not all the time, just because you go through marriage counseling doesn't mean that it's going to work. But you're just like, wow, you know what? God really just used our story to help them. And now their story is better. You know what I mean? Because of it. And so God's so faithful because about the time that you're just like, man, this is not even making a difference. Maybe I should just do something else. It's like the Lord says, nope. Well, look at this. And you're just like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm a knucklehead. Please forgive me. I know I, I, I'm not supposed to do anything else, but what it is that, that I'm doing. And I just love that. But I want to encourage you that when you live your life of serving and giving and going and doing and being, when you live your life, you have to live your life with no strings attached. See, the problem is, is when we do something, but we have these even unspoken strings that are attached to our action. It's like in our mind, even though that God didn't say it, in our mind, we're like, man, I'm going to go on this mission trip. And when I go on this mission trip, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get a promotion. And my, 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 my life with my wife is going to be, there's not going to be any more issues. We're not going to argue. We're just going to amazingly be on the same page. And, and, and you know what I mean? So we, we do these things, but we attach these strings. And then when the strings don't line up, then come on, we're, we're set back and it does more harm 
then it does good. But I'm just telling you this, that when you can do things as unto the Lord, like, Lord, if you want to bless me because of this, fine. But if you don't want to bless me because of this, fine. My life is already more blessed than what it is that I deserve. And if you don't do anything else, then fine. I'm still going to do this as unto you. I'm still going to do this as unto you, God, because I believe that this, whatever this is, is what you've called me to do. Mother Teresa, you can't, you can't overlook somebody that gave her whole life in such an incredible way. Mother Teresa said this, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. This is a woman that had it figured out, that had a relationship with God really figured out that she was like, man, if I cast a stone, I don't know, men, if you can remember the last time that you went to skip some rocks, but I guarantee you this, if you're with one or 10 other men and you're standing by the lake and you pick up a flat stone and you want to show off a little bit. And you're just like, hopefully you don't throw your arm out because you hadn't done it in a while. But you want to show off a little bit. You pick up a nice flat rock and you skip it across the water. I guarantee you eight out of the other ten guys are going to be looking for a rock. And they're going to pick up a rock and they're going to cast their stone as well. See, when you do what you do as unto the Lord with no strings attached, it's amazing how it begins to affect other people. They'll find themselves, come on, going and praying and serving and believing and giving and, and, and anything else just because you did it. It's amazing what it is that God can do when our heart is right and our actions are right. And it's amazing. You know, who knows what Mother Teresa's life, all the lives that she touched and you know what I mean? But it wasn't just her, but she started something. Everybody that would share life with her, I'm just like, man, her compassion, her love is just so incredible. It's so pure, right? And I'm just saying that we can do the same. So take your prayer, you're serving, you're going, you're doing, you're giving your talent and toss it into the waters of humanity and see what it is that the Lord will do. It's amazing what can happen when we have no strings attached. The last thing that I just want to share this morning is, and I don't know, I don't see him here. Oh yeah, there he is, Pastor Brandon. Several years ago, uh, Pastor Brandon was, was pastoring the, the youth of Grace Church incredible youth ministry, just a heart to serve and, and to do and to go. And I just, I've always appreciated that about him. And, and I think I even came up with the idea. I don't know, but we were together and we were just like, how cool would it be if we just bought like, like, a, like many multiple cases of soda and waters and just all kinds of drink, Gatorades and, and just, I mean, cases upon cases. of I, We spent several hundred dollars just on drinks. And it was a hot day, I believe, in the month of July. And we set up at some of the four intersections, the main intersections over in Burley. And we set up in Rupert and a couple different places. And we had, you, you took all of the youth out there. And, and of course, we had to have chaperones. 
because it's not good just to send a bunch of kids out into a out into a busy street you know what I mean so we had plenty of chaperones and adults that went out there with them and we had all of these drinks in cold cold coolers with ice and and people would stop at the light and our youth would just run out there with their hands filled with different kinds of drinks just saying which one would you like which one would you like and people were like, some people thought they were being mugged and robbed. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money. Not even, the, you know. <laughs> Other, <laughs> it's a Coke. Have a Coke and a smile. Other people, other people would be like, yeah, thank you, man. I was thirsty. This is incredible. Go to give them like $5 for, no, listen, sir, this isn't, this isn't a fundraiser. We just wanted to share the love of Jesus in a simple way. You know what? Jesus loves you. It's just incredible, incredible, incredible. We had people that came to our church because of that. You know what? It was the craziest thing. I was at a four-way stop, bunch of kids surrounded my car. You know what I mean? With different drinks. And I, I was like, I had to come. I had to come and see. Come on, somebody say no strings attached. No strings attached. I was telling Brandon this morning, I was like, you know what? We need to do that again. That was incredible. I think you guys had, and we had stacks and stacks, pallets of drinks. I think you guys had every drink given out within an hour. I mean, it was just like so fast, right? No strings attached. I hope that you received the word of the Lord today. And I hope that if you're here today and you're challenged in any way, that you will just rise up and say yes to the challenge. Whatever the challenge is, God, I'm going to be more generous. I'm going to live open a little bit more. I'm going to trust you more. The best decision that you can make is if you haven't made this decision, is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. Amen. Maybe you have received him as your Lord and Savior, but you would be in the same boat. It's like, listen, I really haven't prioritized the Lord, and he has been more generous to me, and he deserves my life. And today, I'm going to give my life back to him. I'm going to recommit my life. And I just want you to know that you can make that decision today. And I encourage you to make it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. But if you want to receive Christ either for the first time, it's the most important decision you can ever make. Or if you want to recommit your life to him today, would you just put a hand in the air just so I can, so I can say a prayer for you? Awesome. Thank you so much. Right here. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. All right. I didn't miss anybody. Okay, so this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for you, okay? When I'm praying, and everybody else is going to pray this prayer as well, but when I'm praying, I'm going to ask that you would just pray this prayer right along with us. Amen? Because it's your decision. Amen? You're making the decision today. So, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. You go ahead and repeat after me. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your love. And thank you, Lord, for being generous to us. I believe that you are the only begotten of the Father. I believe that you lived a sinless life. And I believe that you laid your life down on that cross so that anybody that would believe in you and receive you would live. 
And today, I simply say, I believe. Today, I say, I receive you, Lord. Please come into my life and forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life or the boss of my life. I recognize today that my life is not my own. But it belongs to you. And I'll go where you tell me to go. And I'll say what you tell me to say. And I'll do what you tell me to do. And I will become what you have called me to become. Change me, Lord. And make me new. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.